Naive Theater of the Air presents Rewired by Matthew Broyles. Episode 7, The Black Iron Prison. Once again, Harry woke to find himself in an unfamiliar place. Somehow this was not becoming routine and it jarred him. A cramped space, long and narrow. A bottom bunk in a sheet metal barracks. Suddenly he remembered. Throwing back the blanket, he hoisted himself up and looked around. Surprisingly, there was his father asleep in the bunk overhead. Harry couldn't remember the last time he had seen his dad sleeping. Somehow the old man had always been the last to bed and the first to rise. For whatever reason, he seemed to feel safe here. Harry tiptoed out, carefully closing the barracks door behind him. Light streamed through the stained glass windows of the HPL Research Center, illuminating the dozen or so staff members busy at their workstations. There were men and women of varying ages and appearances. Jimmy, presumably the night shift, was nowhere to be seen. Presently, a middle-aged woman in a black hoodie spotted him. Private Kaczynski! It's good to see you up. Would you like some breakfast? The other researchers ceased their work, all turning to eyeball him. He wondered which bits of the story Jimmy had told them. No one appeared to be armed, anyway. That would be nice, yes. What time is it? 3 p.m. <laughs> I'll get you something. Make yourself at home. Harry looked around. He still had the room's attention and almost felt as if he should make a speech of some sort. Bad idea, he thought. Seeing no available seating near him, he followed the woman to the kitchen, trying to ignore his new audience. Eggs substitute and coffees, about all we can manage. I hope that'll work for you. Perfect. I'm Tina, by the way. I'm, uh, private... Yes, I know. It doesn't matter who you really are. We're glad to have new faces from time to time. That rare. <laughs> well, there isn't really anyone beating down the doors to get into free Detroit. Often the opposite. Harry nodded. He'd heard about the occasional mobs trying to break through to the other side. Unlike Brooklyn, the free Detroit isolation zone was set up more at the will of the wires than the residents inside, who tended towards the poor and uneducated. Rumor had it they didn't even have a scrambler. Kelly Savine still in charge? Of course. Chairwoman Kali. The name brought back memories. A fierce tall woman, skin so dark it was almost blue. A former actress and a hell of a speechmaker. He'd seen some of her movies, filmed just before the diaspora, and they paled in comparison to the drama she could conjure on the stump. Are there elections anymore? No one asks, no one answers. Here are your eggs. So how did you end up here? My mother. She was a labor organizer and fell in with Callie's group when the troubles began. Have you ever met her? Callie? Oh, yes. I go to the headquarters with the HBL update group. She's very interested in our research. I can see why. Jimmy gave us an update last night. We heard. It makes me a little sad, actually. What does? That the HBL is what it seems to be now. I always hoped it would be a bit deeper than that. Deeper how? I did my dissertation on 20th century total psychology predictions. 
you know, there's quite a bit in Lovecraft's letters that people thought were hogwash at the time. He wrote about the soul in the grip of an increasingly mechanized society. How it could choose between madness or flight into dreams, which is the path he took. Those would be the only two paths? For thinking people. The rest just follow the path of least resistance. You're handed your set of circumstances at birth and make of them what you can. But if you pay attention, you begin to understand patterns of human behavior. You see history repeating, or as Twain said, rhyming. The worst part is that Lovecraft, Vonnegut, Remark, and so many others saw these truths about human nature and reality. And in the end, we're completely unable to do anything to change them. That's the tragedy of those who see too clearly. But aren't we in an unprecedented time now? Not really. Resistance rises, power retaliates, and sometimes you get a standoff. You don't think the diaspora can hold out? Bits of it might. Maybe even long enough for the wired culture to stagnate and rot due to their lack of imagination and innovation. But by then, we might not have much of a world left to retake. Harry remembered the old post-Cold War line about history being over. That was after Bernays, when the rise of mass media and the intersection of corporate power with science were well on the way to bringing about total psychology. He wondered if those old Cold Warriors knew more than they were saying, even then. Because now, for much of the world, history as they knew it was over. Everything from this point on was repetition based on past performance. A plotted graph on an ad exec slideshow. Except... What about the Vorn? I don't know. I have absolutely no idea what that is. Do you think they're real? They are... in that space between. So fantastical, they could easily be creatures of our dreams, but visceral, too. They could make some dimensional sense. Don't you wonder if they're maybe a little too perfect? I thought you were VEF. He checked over his shoulder. Everyone had returned to their business, and there was no sign of his father. He hoped he could risk confiding in her. Unlike the train, at least here there was a chance they weren't being monitored by the wires. The old man is... There may be an offer I couldn't refuse. I've done some research on Lily, and a lot of his early work was haphazard. Much of the essential implementation was done by his team. And knowing what we do now about that group? Hell, about HBL? What if the Vorn are a construct? That doesn't make sense either. Lily's people have been under the gun ever since. Just because they didn't plan it with the wired authorities say so, doesn't mean it wasn't planned. But for what purpose? Why make it so obscure, so difficult to verify? It's just like the Bible. How so? Appear to a select few, then make them convince everyone else you exist. Think of how effective that strategy was. Maybe they just repeated it. Are you suggesting that someone did this before? Who knows? Maybe the plan wasn't completed. Maybe someone... Something cut it off before it could propagate. The thought bounced around Harry's brain for a moment. The things that must fill someone's head trapped in here. So, you're saying that Lily may not be the architect of the foreign phenomenon? I don't know what to think. The God Helmet effect 
could be bringing back a latent sensory ability. I had that conversation with one of Barrett's people. Barrett? You've met him? Unfortunately, yes. The associate of his was VEF, though. She's the one who sent us on this hero's voyage. Dr. Vincent. Wow! You know Vincent? The old man knows her better. She gave me the talk about the birth of monotheism and the drop-off in spiritual encounters. I don't buy it. Well, what do you believe? I believe that humans are very good at controlling humans. If we can come up with something like life casting, why couldn't we come up with imaginary vampire monsters? Maybe the Vorn are a power play by Alili's gang. A virus sent out into the rewired population to bring about things like this expedition. The thing is, I've met Barrett. He's all about power. But he's not VEF. And from what I've read, he hates them. Yes, but I didn't know Vincent was VEF either. Maybe his addressing the Vorn question directly would poison the water. Sometimes belief needs a skeptic in order to solidify. Babylon is Babylon. So you are sure that this is just people being people? I'm not sure of anything. What I saw last night, it's hard to put that in a box. Maybe the real breakthrough here is the ability to see through the eye of the beholder. Perhaps the rest of us are finally getting a true vision of what insanity looks like. The choice again. Go mad or flee into the dream. What if the dream is the reality and madness is the maintenance of the illusion that it's not? It's all very Philip K. Dick. The Black Iron Prison? The timeless jail we can't see or, or escape? Except we can see this. We have one group of humans taking advantage of the thought routing pattern that evolution gave us and another group which may have found a way to do the same with a different set of pipes. But they can't control it. Uh, look at the zoo video. That is clearly not a controlled situation. Any Hollywood expat could have made that film. But they couldn't have put it inside your friend's head? How did you know? Jimmy's a smart guy. Meddling around inside people's heads is what Lily's people do. Who knows what kind of shit they could have put in there. Hell, it could be in my head somewhere, waiting to be activated. How would you know if it was real or an illusion? I wouldn't. Would it matter? It would to me. It did matter to him. It mattered whether his father was seeing man-made ghosts or real ones. He needed more information. Any chance I can get a tour of this place? Of course. Uh, you'll want to get the egg out of your beard first. This one was also a door, and when he passed through it, he could see the face change. His face, or at least it should have been. Looking around, he found that he was in the same room he had just left. Except now he wasn't quite sure where the room was. Not that it had been clear before. He still needed to get to the other room. It had been upstairs, he was sure of that. Casting a glance around, he saw piles of books and an ancient piano. There was a dark rectangle at the end of one bookcase that seemed to lead somewhere. Perhaps that was a staircase. He walked in that direction and found himself back in the dining room. He knew it was here somewhere. He had misplaced it some time ago. It must be right where he left it. 
He sat down on one of the carven wood dining chairs. Right where who left it? The sun's rays streamed in onto the dining table, and he woke up. Night was falling on DuPont Circle. Javier had cleared out earlier after his shower. Gabriella had gotten what she needed, but had to admit that she'd pretended he was Taylor. It wasn't quite the same rush. Wouldn't be until the conquest was real. She took a sip of coffee, pondering the rules she'd set up for herself. She was fairly certain that Hockaday would go for it, but the balance of power between them was out of whack, and the situation could risk a backlash that might jeopardize her position in the administration. Or he could get her everything she wanted. She made a mental wardrobe note for her next meeting with him. Test the waters. Thumbing on her data display, she toggled to RWOS. It was a clunky interface, but matched more closely what the rewired net was using. The fact that there even was a rewired net was maddening to many in Washington and other capitals. She'd helped to pull the president back on some of his more ambitious options to silence rewired digital traffic, precisely because of the intelligence ramifications. Without the rewired net, their view into the dealings of their enemies became opaque. Let them talk freely, she argued. Give them enough rope for us to hang them. Hockaday's support of her argument carried the day, for the time being. She opened a net gateway, logging in. Ahania. She had chosen the name carefully, from William Blake. The representation of pleasure and the desire for intelligence. Labeled as sin by Urizen and cast out. It had a resonance for her based on her traffic analysis for the rewired world as well. Ahania's queue was always full, but Javier had gotten her a top-notch AI to highlight items of interest. She browsed the filtered feeds. Since HPL was now wide open, thanks in part to Ahania publicizing Free Detroit's discovery of the algorithm, discussion of its ramifications and of Xu's recent videos dominated the conversations. Gabriella understood the team's push for the dampening field, the idea of laying the born malfunction to rest. She was less certain about what Shu was doing. She had never known him terribly well at Lily's lab, as he had only arrived during the final phase of their trials. He could be a disciple, or VEF. There was very little data attached to his videos, and the intended effect of those seemed to be provoking emotion rather than advancing the science. She began composing a post, pontificating on what precisely Shu's intentions were. Ahania had been on the net for over ten years, and she knew key players to send the link to, so it would reach maximum exposure and discussion. She was known to be agnostic on the Vorn question, challenging all sides to refine their arguments in order to convince her and others. Now she framed the debate in more stark terms. Disciples and the VEF already know what they think, and these videos will only reinforce whatever logic they've used to arrive at their positions beforehand. But since you must know by now that we are all listening, I put the question to you directly, Dr. Shu. What are you trying to tell your colleagues in the rewired scientific elite? Are you attempting to bring skeptics onto one side or another? Or are you demonstrating control over a biopsychological mechanism that will make skeptics out of believers? As it stands, you are merely muddying those waters and bringing chaos to the diaspora you have served so well since its inception. She mulled the next paragraph. Weighing the effect of disinformation was always tricky. 
revealed just enough about the truth to provoke action and reaction, but not enough to endanger future operations. With HPL compromised, Lily's team now had no choice but to communicate on the net, where they were much more visible to her department. She had a card she could play that might startle them into action, or possibly drive their heads into the sand. Ultimately, she kept her ace in the hole, for now. If more detailed news of the two men's journey emerged from some other source along the way, which it was bound to, then she wouldn't fall under suspicion. Appearing to know too much was dangerous. Instead, she waxed philosophical. Our future, and indeed that of the human race, is in the hands of you and your team. All we ask for is a light in the darkness. A beacon, once more rallying us together as we were years ago. We are in our most uncertain hours now. We call, and we beg you to answer. Gabriella grinned. The message might not reach Shu, out in the western wilds of China, but she had put just enough plaintive wail in there to possibly reach someone else. Someone in particular, even. She allowed herself the momentary tingle. She still owned him, whether he knew it or not. February was a hell of a month for Inauguration Day. The bitter wind clattered across the microphones, and carefully prepared speeches worked their way haphazardly through earmuffs and large hats. Still, Chairman David Weiss did not disappoint. Like a roaring winter campfire, he lit the crowd up with stirring words about Brooklyn's future. Security, opportunity, and change were just around the corner. Whatever, thought Dr. Barrett. Still from his perch behind the podium, and amongst the other council members, he was relieved. The whole damn thing hadn't been a waste. Investments were like that. In hindsight, one could see all the key moments and inexorable momentum. But then, no one studies failure, he thought. Weiss was mercurial enough that he could have done something to sabotage himself at any point. Old Pincus had gotten sick, and Barrett had gotten lucky. The doctor eyed the outgoing chairman up in the front. Barrett privately enjoyed a moment of schadenfreude. Why not stay out for another few hours in the bitter wind, old man? There was business to be done, and not in the Klieg lights. As soon as the ceremony wrapped up, Barrett sent a note to the speaker. Disentangling himself from the council gladhanders wasn't difficult, as they were all tripping over themselves to get to the man at the hour. After being waved through security at the back of Columbus Park, he walked over into Brooklyn Heights. It hadn't been so long ago when the Chrysler building in Manhattan had been visible from where he stood. Now the hulking mass of the wall blocked the view past the end of those long avenues. The southeastern end of the Brooklyn Bridge poked through, the structure intact but effectively severed by the security checkpoint there. Once in the heights, one could almost forget that the past few decades had happened. Certainly there were fewer cars, but people ambled through the remnants of the snow down the sidewalk, going this way and that. Sacks of groceries, dogs on leashes, Brooklyn street life, same as it ever was. The charm of the stoops and wrought iron railings had gone unmolested, save for the shadow at sunset over the promenade, which once boasted one of the best views in the world. Now he made his way northward, keeping a couple of blocks between him and the mass of the wall as he walked. He may have helped build the damn thing, but that didn't mean he had to look at it. At last he finally turned back westward into Yauk Park. 
He had set the AI to turn the bugs in the park off, something he never would have tried under Horowitz. With Weiss, he had the keys to the city. He spotted the speaker, alone at a park bench, huddled in a large cashmere overcoat. The disciples of the Vorn didn't have any dogmatic apparel like the Hasidim, but their leadership tended to be fairly well-dressed. The speaker, former councilman Adam Caravelli, insisted on it, in order that the organization be taken seriously by the press. Caravelli was short, clean-cut, and a born salesman. Half Colombian, half Italian, half owner of the Republic's largest hot dog franchise, the man radiated Brooklyn. My good man, New World Order Day, if I may be so bold, and I may. I suppose it is. I suppose nothing. Look at this. All out in the open like we really exist. It is quite something. Have a look at this. Disciple vote crucial to Weiss win. You've been busy. Day works in mysterious ways. Indeed. Dr. Barrett forced a smile. Already the mythology had developed to include a mother figure. All from the minds of imaginative seers, people Caravelli had sent to him for verification of their abilities. For once in the history of religion, a means test for prophets. But Barrett merely confirmed that they saw Vorn. The rest of the ramblings, who knew? So, uh, how's the first batch coming? Only one confirmed so far. Confirmed? We have a wired seer. With any luck, the percentages will outstrip the rewired numbers. Thank day. I can't even believe... I mean, I, I can, but... <laughs> wow! Hard to put any projections together at this point, of course. Uh, there's more on the way, believe you me. I got people all over Queens. Excellent. It would be good if... the overall quality of the applicants improved. I know, I know. Trust me, I'm tired of holding vagrant stink bombs around in vans, too. You have to keep a low profile, you know what I mean? It's harder to get... You know, regular people. I'm aware of the risks. But remember the stakes. In the arc of history, this is our window. The Republic continues to live on borrowed time. No one hears the clock ticking louder than me. I can promise you that. I know. I wouldn't trust anyone else with this. From his pocket, he produced a data square. Try these. Oh, you have names. We'll see how well they affect our percentages. And you're sure we'll have Weiss on board when the time comes around? The chairman is a man of science and reason. When the evidence presents itself, he will stand on the side of the facts. I tell you, if someone had told my grandma that one day I'd be head of a church, she'd have slapped him in the face. Horry tales of stone tablets from God out in the desert no longer have a place in human evolution. How many years of progress did we lose to that long walk in the wilderness? Untold centuries wasted on the ramblings of goat farmers. What we're doing here is science. It cannot be refuted. In the end, the truth will out. You're a good man, James. One day, the world will know just how good. We are only the instruments. The link will set things right. No more heroes, no more villains. Only the universe stretched before us in its infinity. After a long process of goodbyes, the doctor began his walk back eastward. The cold didn't bother him. He was a Londoner by birth, after all. Not like Lily. When the bitter wind blew through that old son of a bitch's little cowpat town, he would feel it. So help me Lily, people still swore. Yes. So help him. If you can.
the highway was a bit overwhelming for Nina. But then, pretty much everything out here was. Still, something about the concentration of objects moving at such speeds. Lights flashing everywhere and landscapes constantly shifting. She kept a plastic bag in her lap just in case. Dr. Vinson was alert, but not visibly worried. They had picked up fake wires in Queens. The doctor's identity included a driver's license authorization. She was now Enola Giamarco, and Nina was Caden Jackson. Giamarco was listed as her legal guardian due to psychiatric disability. These identities were hastily contrived, but the pair hadn't run into any trouble so far. The BEF hackers were skilled at placing just enough backstory into the system to throw off immediate suspicion, provided they kept their heads down. Vincent kept the radio on. All the sounds were new to Nina. Her music options at the ward were several decades old. She could hear the echoes of those sounds in the new music, but it was as if they had been put in a blender along with other random bits of noise. She was both fascinated and a little appalled. If it bothered the doctor, she showed no sign of it. What would you even call this? I believe it's called post-tech. All analog slices, supposedly from different decades. I do wish they'd play the same chorus more than once. That sounded informed. Do you play? I studied piano all through school. A music scholarship paid for part of my college tuition. I used to sing at home all the time. I miss it. I've missed a lot since this mess started. Do you want to know what your blackouts really are? You told me the rewire job accidentally cut into motor control. That's what I was instructed to tell you. I found the correct diagnosis, but James wouldn't have it. So what is it really? I realize that the second I say this word, you're going to stop listening and start reacting. So I'll get it out of the way. Vorn. Bullshit. I'll give you a few moments to get that out of your system. Then I can continue, if you wish. Nina balled her fists up. She wanted science, not fairy tales. The more information she had on Vincent's assumptions about her, the better. She pushed down her fury as best she could. Go on. Do you remember when I brought you into the lab with Vasquez? The fat kid? Yes. He was a seer. Okay. Bringing you together allowed me to test two questions. The one that concerns this conversation is that of your blackouts. You know you aren't the only one who experiences them? Me and Penny, the old lady down the hall. Yes, you two are the only ones we've found with severe symptoms, but there are others who experience them more periodically and less acutely. Not sick enough for the ward. Right. More functional. At any rate, I put you in the room with Vasquez to see what he could see. This was before the ODA. The what? Ocular duplication array. Allows us to see through the eyes of whoever we attach it to, normally a seer. Nina's blood chilled a little. To see through the eyes of a crazy person. That sounded like hell. So before that, you were just relying on what the seer told you? Yes. We correlated their descriptions as much as possible with lobe activity, which is what ultimately made the ODA possible. I was just about to repeat the experiment on you with the ODA in place, but James decided to release me into the wild. Okay, so what did Vasquez see? The Vorn are parasites. Many believe they are symbionts, but I have found enough data to show their destructive influence on humans, especially you. You think they caused my episodes? Vasquez said your incidents of motor loss corresponded with your Vorn's feeding. Feeding? They possess fangs of an indeterminate nature being extra-dimensional that seem to extract something when they apply them to a human neck. And you've seen this? Through the ODA, yes. And anecdotally for many years prior. We don't know what it is that they are extracting. 
The fact that they can connect with us on whatever dimensional plane they exist within implies that some part of us extends there as well. But the effect is only noticeable in people like me. As far as we can tell. It's entirely possible that there is some deficiency we all suffer from that we haven't been able to identify due to this continual energy transfer. Nina processed this. Humanity, depleted of some unknown essence siphoned off into another dimension by vampire monsters. The whole business still smelled of horse shit. Somehow they'd gotten Michael to believe it. In fact, we may even postulate that some diseases deemed incurable may only be manifestations of this energy loss. It's difficult to know for sure without more study. But I've seen enough to hypothesize that the feeding is not a two-way street. I have not been able to detect anything that they are giving us in return. So, do you ever feel anything? Like something being sucked out of you? Of course not. A parasite who is easily detectable by its host is not very successful. What do you think is going to happen if we somehow get rid of these things? I'm not sure, but I damn sure would like to find out. Nina gazed out at the rolling hills. Such a beautiful place. And human greed had made it dangerous for people like her and Vincent. She shook her head. It doesn't make sense. What doesn't? Why would Dr. Barrett send us? I mean, he's supposedly got all these BDF guys out here. What the hell does he need with, well, me? As I mentioned, James thought you would be a good bargaining chip with the son. Ridiculous, of course. Harry, she thought. Poor dumb bastard. He was stuck in this mess, too. It wasn't his fault any more than it was hers. So you're keeping me around, why? Because you have nowhere else to go. Uh-huh. And? The lab in Texas has an ODA. The original. You think we're gonna make it to Texas? I don't know, to be honest. But you and Sergeant Selden carry two pieces of the mystery both affected by the Vorn in unusually powerful ways. Getting a good look at the pair of you may be too much for them to turn down. And the VEF does what? Uses our test results to convert more people? Nina, this is your opportunity to find out the truth about what has sidelined you from society for your entire adult life. That's the BDF. Perhaps. But now that you're free of them, aren't you the least bit curious? I guess I am. But not just about that. All of this. Do you think there's ever a chance I'll live on the outside? I intend to make sure of it. You've been listening to the naive theater of the air performance of Rewired, featuring Julie Moeller as Tina, Levi Ray as Harry, Petra Wright as Dr. Gabriella Neidhart, Aidan Wright as speaker Adam Caravelli, Derek Davis as Dr. James Barrett, Trista Morris as Nina, and Mana as Dr. Romana Vinson, written and narrated by Matthew Broyles, theme music by Paul Shapira. I'm Little Jack Melody. Tune in next time for episode eight, a Winchester house.